Hello, mech fans, and welcome to the Valhalla Club. Grab yourself a Timbiki Dark, set up that paint booth, open that spreadsheet, and join us as we talk all things Battletech. On this episode of the Valhalla Club, Mike, Dave, and Matt give Ben a masterclass in the computer games of the Battletech universe. And John is our worst guest host once again. So somebody needs to give this man a write-up. He's always late for work. I know, right? At least somebody should have gotten him a verbal warning at this point. How you guys doing? I'm doing good, doing man. Great. Excellent. Yeah. It's finally cold outside. I'm loving it. Oh, it's so cool. So awesome. Snow is always fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. All right, folks. Uh, we're gonna dive into our main metal for tonight which is kind of us talking about the Battletech computer game series or genre. Beep, boop, bop. <laughs> so uh, this was a surprise topic that uh, I've been kind of mulling over for a while, and I wanted to kind of spring it on these guys to make them stress out a little bit. Um, so we're going to start off with the first question. What have you all played in the Battletech computer games genre of, ga- of stuff? Uh, Dave, let's go with you. Okay, so I first started in the MechWarrior franchise with MechWarrior. I think I remember getting it out of, it was either on the shelf of like an EB Games back when those still existed. And uh, Holy so, crap, I haven't heard of those in forever. I right, forgot about them entirely. Right? Back when they were in malls and you could just go in and you could buy a video game that Dude, actually worked yes. on the first uh, try. Unheard yeah. of. Uh, so I started with MechWarrior and then MechWarrior 2 Mercenaries and then all the other MechWarrior uh, 3, 4, 5. Uh, I played a ton of Mech Commander when I was in high school. Uh, not a lot of Mech Commander 2 because it was a pretty trash game and didn't work on Windows half the time. Uh, let's see, I played the MechWarrior SNES game. And I've played a ton of HBS Battletech and a probably an unhealthy amount of MechWarrior Online. Awesome. Matt, what about you? What have you played? Let's, yeah, so I started with the old uh, computer games. Started with the old DOS wonder that it was, MechWarrior 1. Um, I did play a little uh, on the SNES, but after I played... Uh, Mech Warrior One. So Mech Warrior One was number one for me, and then I went through all the Mech Warrior games, two, three, four, five, all the iterations now. So I played all those ones. Um, played both of the Mech Assaults on Xbox. Uh, did, did dabble a bit in Mech Commander One. I didn't ever transition over to two. Um, and then, yeah, so MechWarrior Online and, and plenty of HBS Battletech. Um, yeah, so plenty of it, that's for sure. Mike? All right, as for gaming for me, digitally at least, I came into the game in the very early 2000s with MechWarrior 4 uh, Mercenaries. Um, so that was my first digital game. That's when I, I thought it was just MechWarrior. I didn't know that it was tied to even anything related to Battletech. Um but since then, played MechWarrior 4 Mercenaries, now MechWarrior 5, HBS Battletech, Mech Assault 2, and a lot of MechWarrior Online. But that's, I'm like, of this massive list, like, just one third of it, because I'm not as old as you guys. So, 
What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say when Dave was talking about playing a game that was made in 1989, I was just born. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, that's a young punk. That, that hurts. I had to make it, it sting for all y'all, bitches. That hurts, man. Because my history goes back to the Crescent Hawks inception. <laughs> when I wasn't even out, a molecule yet. Came on. <laughs> Came out on a six-inch floppy disk. <laughs> you were Dude. an itch somewhere, Mike. Oh man, yeah. I think Actually, I was de- probably... depending on when you were born, maybe you were a molecule at that point. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was, that was the first computer game I remember ever really playing. Um, was Crescent Hawks Inception? Oh, just so looking at I mean, it now, it was cutting edge. I don't know if you'd want to. Dude, I just remember the, the graphics on it were just like all just, it looked like out of uh, like Tron or something, something like the original Tron kind of thing, where you just had like this yeah. flat landscape and like blocky hills and like the mechs were all blocky and stuff. Um, and then I played a lot of Mech Commander and Mech Commander 2. Um, but like like Dave said, I had a lot of problems with Mech Commander 2. Um, and I want to say just it was the graphics issues. They tried to go too big on the graphics side, and a lot of people couldn't run it. And then I played the MechWarrior 2, MechWarrior and MechWarrior 2. I don't really remember MechWarrior, but I remember MechWarrior 2. I played a lot of hours on that thing. And then after that, I kind of stopped with the gaming. So you guys got all the recent stuff. I got like the way, way back type stuff. And of course, we all play a lot of Mega Mech. So here and there, maybe not necessarily a lot per se, but <laughs> um, I do, I do enjoy the Mech of Mega. That's true. <laughs> you were yes, a little slow on that one, there, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Out of the ones you played, which one's your favorite, Dave? Mech Warrior Five. Honestly, I, yeah. I, I really like that game. Until it came out, I mean, obviously, MWO was pretty much the go-to game if you wanted to have modern first-person shooting in Battletech. And uh, when MechWarrior 5 came out, I was deployed. And when it first came out, it was was good, but the loading screens were awful. But it was was a great game. I I still love playing it. I love the new DLCs that are coming out, and it's fun in both vanilla and modded forms for me. I think for me, uh, MechWarrior 4 kind of hits the sweet spot, especially MechWarrior 4 Mercenaries, but my favorite of all was MechWarrior 2 Mercenaries, and I think because the jump from MechWarrior 1 to MechWarrior 2, at least for me, was like kind of mind-blowing, like, whoa, what have they done with computer graphics, you know, sort of thing. Uh, and the kind of the, the mercenaries games I really like because you kind of have a little bit more freedom, but you have to do the whole contracting. I, I, I guess I do like a little bit of accounting thrown in with my my exploding uh, metal things. So uh, those definitely hit the sweet spot for me. Mike, what about you? What's your what's your favorite? Uh, I still extremely love playing MechWarrior 4 Mercenaries because uh, I still have it and can somehow still play it on a modern computer. Uh, and it's just so much fun. That That's where I fell in love with the Solaris battles um, and everything. MechWarrior 5 is fun and all. Um, it seems even more repetitive, though, at least in the mission format, than MechWarrior 4 <laughs> was. Um, and the fact that there's like essentially like the singular storyline for MechWarrior 4 versus this 
uh, uh, just there's a whole bunch of storylines going on. Plus the main story for MechWarrior Five, it, it gets a little confusing. If you jump off track for MechWarrior Five from the the standard campaign and do a whole bunch of side stuff, it's really easy to forget what the hell was going on. But you can't really do that in MechWarrior Four because uh, games were much smaller back then. Um, yeah. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, MechWarrior Online's a lot fun and all. Um, there's no real story there, though. I know we love the story. HPS was a lot of fun. But once I finished the, the campaign, I don't think I turned it back on. <laughs> so, but I think, uh, yeah, Mech- MechWarrior 4 Mercenaries still, still holds the title of favorite. Yeah, I think for me, it's, you know, going to the way, way back, is Mech Commander, the original, was probably the epitome of my Battletech gaming stuff, because I just liked being able to have that top-down view and move a bunch of units at the same time kind of thing. Um, I really enjoyed that. I had such high hopes for Mech Commander 2, um, and it added a lot of features into Mech Commander 2, but it just, I don't think I ever finished it because there was so many problems with it. But for me, Mech Commander is probably my favorite. All right, um, I guess we can kill this last question because, I mean, you guys all talk about what you liked about it. Um, oh, that what improvements could be made to your favorite? Do we want to talk about that? Uh, I mean, so improvements, I mean, from from four to five, the it, I mean, obviously, graphics improvements are vastly there from 2002 to Megaware 4 Mercs from 2002 to 2019. Uh, so that's a huge up. Um, the there's a whole bunch more storylines, so like that's cool, right? Um, I mean, and like the overall, like, what's the what's the term? Separation between these styles, like you were talking about, Ben, is like top down versus first person. I love strategy games and I love shooter games. Like the the top down ones in these, those were all turn based strategy, weren't they? No, not no, all. No, no, no. I know Mech Warrior or Mech Commander Two was like you're moving everybody all at one time, kind of. It's real time. Yeah. Mech Commander and Mech Commander Two were both real time strategy. Uh, I don't know about Crescent Hawks, uh, whether that was turn-based or not. Uh, obviously, you know, Mega Mech is turn-based because it's just Battletech tabletop. Uh, HBS Battletech is turn-based, but everything else is real-time. First person, yeah. So I I love a good shooter, don't get me wrong, but I love, absolutely love strategy games, and I never played any of the Mech Commanders. I I enjoy turn-based strategies, like I play a lot of Civilization um, I really enjoyed HPS, uh, but my absolute favorite style of game growing up was real-time strategies. Dude, I dumped so many hours into Command and Conquer, all the Red Alerts, Generals, like real-time strategies. I fucking love real-time strategies. Um, this it's We need a modern real-time strategy Battletech game. I said it. Yeah, that'd be dope. That'd be awesome. So that's an improvement on everything. <laughs> true, true. Well, like a backed out mech commander, essentially, where you're kind of not so much into the individual units as much as kind of the production and everything all at once. Yeah, give give me a command and conquer battle tech. I want that. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, no. bad. No, no. <laughs> yeah. we, don't need yeah, a base, we don't need a base building battle tech game. 
We need a base building well, you, battle today. You, you got that with Command and Conquer. You got Tiberian Sun. <laughs> oh, with the mechs. <laughs> <laughs> See, I I didn't go that route of Command and Conquer. I stayed with Red Alert and uh, Generals. I didn't I didn't go the the other side of Command and Conquer. I stayed I, I tried on. To. I stayed on I this side. To. I couldn't do too much, but I couldn't either. I stick. With, yeah, Red, Red Alert and Generals. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys couldn't hear that, but the uh, it's Tim I just Curry yelling the, uh, space. Tim Curry, yeah, yelling space. Um. All right. Uh, what else we got here? Do we want to run through every single game? I think just kind of the blocks. Your show, games. buddy. Quick, yeah. quick overview, maybe, because that was fast. So I'm not gonna lie. That was fast. All right. So we can end this whole podcast thing tonight, right? <laughs> oh man, Great some job, people everybody. would actually be upset. <laughs> Good job, folks. <laughs> There's your episode. Play out true. Longer to download it than you did to listen. They're just gonna think it was an episode uh, of hey guys, uh sorry we're not making an episode this month. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> all right, so we're gonna run through all the games here. Um just to kind of give you an idea of what's out there if you hear something that you have no idea existed, kind of thing. So um First and foremost, um, you got the Mega Mech, uh, which is basically turn-based, top-down view, just like you're playing on a tabletop almost. Um, we've all kind of played that at some some point in our lives. Um, you've also got the Mech HQ that's part of that package. That is the uh, campaign builder, campaign runner of the Mega Mech piece. So um, if you haven't checked that out yet, make sure you download and give it a try. And then- and it, Mega Mech, it, the, the whole Mega Mech suite is free. It comes yeah. with Mega Mech itself, which is like essentially the game client, Me, uh, Mech HQ, which is like the campaign manager client, and then the Mech Lab, which is the Mech Lab builder, client yeah. builder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what's what's cool about that? So like, there's the the game client, which is just classic Total Warfare BattleTech. Just on a computer, uh, the campaign manager Mech HQ, uh, super cool. Not very was maybe like intuitive, user friendly. Read, read the text document. The read me first, right? Yeah. It'll tell you how to set it all up. Uh, I would have been completely lost without that. And then the Mech Lab is great for either designing a mech or what's great is it's a. Uh, free program and you can print classic sheets off of it and you can do it for regular hex based you can do the miniature rules conversion for inches based um you can throw extra stuff on your record sheet which is like uh the expanded heat scale hit location tables all that stuff that you normally reference the the card for you can put that all on the record sheet which is nice but the whole Mega Mech suite is dope, and I think Matt could probably talk a little more on it. I don't know what else well, there is. I don't know. I was just going to mention <laughs> that it 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 basically takes kind of the the length of time that it takes to play classic, and it it really reduces it because it does all the calculations uh, for you oh, and everything. Hundred percent. And yeah. there are so many options that you can click in, so you can really get into all the tech ops rules. You know, which are the tactical operations. Um, and you can really play around with it a lot. Another thing that it offers, especially now, is just you can play with anyone in the world. I mean, there are a lot of right. places, especially right. like like MRC really operates through Mega Mech. Um, 
And it's just really cool to like, you know, not only can you get to know get to know other people, but you're playing in a shortened amount of time a game that you that you like. I mean, a lot of people like classic still. It just takes so long when you sit down on a tabletop to do it sometimes that you're like, ugh, I don't want to do this. But Mega Mech makes it easy. And, you know, if you want to play against the princess bot, if you're crazy, um, or the regular bot, uh, you can play a, you know, you, you can play your own your own solitaire kind of campaign and stuff like that. So that's really cool things that I've done in the past. So I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Mega Mech was my lifeline when I was living overseas for a little while, you know, that's really the only battle tech option I had. And, um, you know, it just really sucks you in and I'd be playing against the bot. I'd have like three or four different games going at one time with different people all over the world, you know? And so it's, it's a really cool, uh, option to have for those of you that don't have a dedicated game store or a dedicated night you know um there's there's several different groups out there that are running mega mech games almost constantly every day of the week every hour of your time zone that you want to be in kind of thing so definitely give mega mega check out yeah when and, i was living up in fort collins like you know going to the game store wasn't anything but now that i live out in the out in the boonies um it's like it is kind of a lifeline. It's like, oh, I can still play games, um, even though no one lives by me that actually plays this game. So, yeah, I totally agree with Ben. Definitely, if anyone's interested in Mega Mech, check out the the MRC group. Um, they've, I know they've got their own Discord. We've got a link to their Discord at our Discord. And uh, MRC Jesty puts out a lot of like recap videos based on Mega Mech games for the MRC events. So check him out too. He's a publish stuff on youtube so yeah yeah that's that's really how i got involved with a lot of the stuff when i got back to the states was wolfnet um, runs uh mega mech on tuesday nights calling their tuesday night fights with mr brute um there's several different uh campaigns going within the units in the wolfnet discord so uh give them a check out if you haven't looked them up yet all right moving on to uh crescent hawks inception since the games it's hard to find slash impossible to find at this point not impossible yeah, <laughs> you can find it you can find would, it it's can, out there. so once we're finished with this oh, i'll tell everybody where they can go find and download all of these games except for mech assault because apparently those aren't don't exist anymore china only websites or something i don't know no i'm looking at well, them right now i'll save I'll that say, for later i was gonna say let's do it as we go through them Otherwise, we got Sounds like he found a single repository. I did. Oh, all right. Well, then there's that too. Um, <laughs> all right. The uh, Crescent Hawks Inception was the uh, the first kind of BattleTech game that that was really out there. Um, I remember playing it on a Texas Instruments computer that my dad built uh, when I was like 12, 13 years old, and um, it follows the kind of the the plot line of the Crescent Hawks. Uh, set in the year of 3028, shortly before the wedding of Melissa Steiner and Hans Davian. Um, you've got three separate distinct parts. You've got a training grounds where you kind of learn all the how to operate the mech with your keyboard and stuff like that. Um, then you jump into the Curita invasion, um, the maps. You get like an overall view of a map, and then uh, you start moving around the board and stuff. So it gets a little little crazy. Um, and then uh, you have a Star League cache um, as part of the part of the plot point. 
Um, the featured battle mechs you get off of this, or you can you can play around with, is the Locust, the Wasp, the Stinger, the Commando, the Urban Mech, the Jenner, the Chameleon, a Phoenix Hawk Lamb, and the Javelin and Spider. Um, now keep in mind, you can't use the Phoenix Hawk Lamb in game. Um, it's only just a little plot point that they give you. Um, but one of the cool things that I I do remember, and I can't remember if it was at the end of the game or if it was a like a thing that came with the game and you could send away for a Ralpartha mini of the Crescent Hawks Phoenix Hawk Lamb. And uh, that became the big thing a couple of years back that people were trying to hunt these things down because not a lot of people did it. So um, so that was the, uh, the Crescent Hawks Inception. Um, then you had the Crescent Hawks Revenge, which was basically the follow-on game to that. But now you've got a an older Jeremiah Youngblood that's uh, running around doing kind of the same process a little bit. I did not play the Revenge one. Did anybody else play the Revenge? I did not, no. Nope. No. All right. Well, if you want more information on the Crescent Hawks Revenge, you can look it up on Sarna because I'm not going to do that right now. All right, moving on. You have the MechWarrior Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the SENES, in 1993. Um, who here has played that one? Dave and oh, Matt. That was one of the first games for Battletech yeah. that I ever played. It was a top-down, you controlled a mad cat, you were going after your former Lance mates, and it was, it, was, it was fun. It was interesting. You had to pick up little like coolant jars and <laughs> ammo jars and everything Those else. Those were the it best. Just, Wasn't there just, like fire going all over the place too? I, I yes. just remember like you're firing from that mad cat with the, like the really thin arms and yep. you're just like swinging that torso around and like there's flames everywhere and you're picking up the pods and like squishing the dudes and stuff. Yeah. And like you were basically just controlling the top torso of the mech and then you just turn it around and then wherever it pointed the legs eventually got there but it was a fun game it was it was it was entertaining for a kid and it was it it came out what in 93 so really before you know desktop computers were in every single household or what you had in your house was like a a dos based machine and it was it was before before the days of everybody having windows (laughs) Don't you diss the DOS, man. <laughs> I, I didn't have a Super Nintendo, so I couldn't couldn't tell you how, how that worked out. But It was excellent. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, following up, Mech Commander in 1998. Second um, best Battletech game ever. Still love uh, that game. I haven't played it in probably 20 years, but it still brings back memories of stuff. And... I no, played so- that thing obsessively on M player. Did you? Yeah, multiplayer with that game was super great. I didn't even yeah, know there was a multiplayer. I, there was. No it was this whole little like side program you had to download called M player. It was it was a matchmaking server along with chat rooms. It was where you could have clans or units and whatever. And it was a great time, especially when I was in high school. Yeah, this was this was a really cool game for me because you know it starts off like it's it's a real-time top-down view kind of thing where you're moving a bunch of units around um and it's i remember the big draw for me was i kept wanting to capture the massacre you know um, don't you mean the mad cat in mission three no not so much it was it was the massacre was um way way farther down the list you know Uh. Um, 
it's like like mission 20 or something like that so i remember um, restarting mission three over and over and over again until i would get the mad cat because you had to lure it across the bridge and then you had to try and oh, blow yeah, it up yeah. with gas tanks yeah. and you had to damage it enough on its back so you could kill it really easily but uh you didn't want to destroy it <laughs> you wanted to get it there and have it lying on the ground for salvage yeah yeah i i remember i think i captured that a couple times as far as in the 40 or 50 iterations of playing the game you know it wasn't a wasn't a whole thing but um you know it was kind of really neat because i want to say it, when did that come out that was what uh that was 1998 yeah 1998 so that was about the time when they were really pushing a lot of fiction out and i remember like it really kind of synced up with the release schedule that whoever had it back then fasa fan pro whoever it was um because they pushed out a bunch of stuff about uh the twilight of the clans and the computer game is set during operation bulldog and they're you're going up against uh clan smoke jaguar with the first davian guards that you're part of which i'm i'm partial to myself anyway but um so it's kind of really a, a neat storyline where you're you're kind of going after the smoke jaguars in the inner sphere while other things happen. I don't want to spoiler alert anything. God, I, I don't think you have to worry about that. spoiler alerting 25 years of gaming. <laughs> you never know, man. You never know. There's a lot of new folks coming in. But uh, yeah, I remember just Mech Commander just hours and hours and hours playing this game, man. It was so cool. Um, and then yeah, there you? was Mech Commander 2, and we all got sad. Yeah, you know, uh, you know Mech Commander 2 was... I had such high hopes for it, man. I mean, especially with the blood asp and stuff being involved in it. That was kind of a new. Well, it new came out in that, that time when they, when they transitioned from top down, like little sprites that would move around and to real three dimensional battle spaces where you could pan your camera around, you could move right, everything. Right. And then it just didn't, it never really worked that well. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. It was tough. Um, yeah, Mech Commander 2 was cool. You know, I remember playing it at a buddy's house and he just didn't have the computer to run it and it just kept glitching and freezing up and stuff. And But it had such potential. Such potential. It, it did have a lot of potential and then it just fell so flat. Yeah, yeah. I do need to download it again and try and play it again because I'm hoping that it works better, but it may not. Yeah, you never know. All right, next up on the list is, oh, all you fancy Xbox boys, Mech Assault. And Mech Assault was, 2. That was good stuff. I only played 2. So I played Mech Assault and Mech Assault yeah. 2 when the Xbox first came out. It was a good game. It was, so tell mean, me it about was, these, because I don't know anything about them. Oh, God. Now i got to remember them. Uh, Mech Assault, you're running around in a cougar, and you're just playing different... Uh, you're just fighting the clans. And I don't remember the exact storyline, because it's been... Let's see. Mech Assault came out in 2002, so 21 years ago? 22 years ago? How dare yeah, I don't you. remember. I don't remember like the <laughs> the whole gist of it, but I do remember it being you know fun to play on the Xbox and have controller in your hand and make it a little bit easier than than lots of clicking and clicking keys and stuff. Um, I've I've played both of them. We still have the Mech Assault Two on my my Xbox now, and it you know my kids play it every once in a while. It, it's you still okay. have an Xbox? I have an Xbox S. Yeah, <laughs> you can still roll it on the from the old one. So. 
Yeah, the, um, the Mech Assault games were backwards compatible, so if you still have the yeah. desk, disc or can find the disc, you can still play those two games. Like, I still have Mech Assault 2 Lone Wolf. That's the specific title for Mech Assault 2. Um, the really weird battle armor that you could latch on and hack mechs. Oh, yeah. You can yeah. hack it. Yeah. Um, so, like, I still have Mech Assault 2 and... Like yeah, I've I still I don't have the newest Xboxes. I still have my One X Xbox One X. I know it's ridiculously confusing with Xbox variants, much like uh, Battlemech variants. Um, <laughs> the uh, you, so you can still play those games. Uh, wait, what is what is this? Sarna is saying the game was followed by Mech Assault Phantom War. Whoa. I don't even remember that. What is this? No I'm clicking it now. 2006. Oh, it was what the hell? Mech Assault Phantom War was on the Nintendo DS. Never heard of it. And now you know. And now we all know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I I don't remember much of the plot either. <laughs> it was so long ago. But I could play it again because it's backwards compatible. <laughs> all I know is you could you could fire your PPCs and it would like be this giant glowing orb that would track like if you had like locked onto it it would actually track around almost like a homing beacon. Uh, that's pretty wild for a PPC. I think it's fair to say that uh, Mech Assault until recently was not cap uh, canon at all until they released the what was it the recognition guide with that battle armor in it. Oh, is that particular battle armor actually in there? Mm-hmm. Oh, mine. Yeah. I don't remember. I remember hearing about it on the WolfNet server, but I don't have the recognition guide, so I couldn't tell you exactly which one it was in, but it was a really recent one. Now we're going to have to start looking at making hacking rolls. Oh, no. No. <laughs> I mean, that was the whole premise of the game. You'd latch onto a mech and hack it to make the pilot eject, and then for somehow the battle armor would jump into the cockpit and you would pilot the mech? It's just like it a makes- T-shirt now, right? if i remember correctly that whole game was set in dark age well then it all makes sense yeah let's see sarna says the computer games are explicitly excluded from the list of products that contribute straight to canon Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um take take the storylines from the computer games with a grain of salt this is what happens when your ip gets separated oof Big oof. Well, that's that's also part of it, too, is, you know, there's a lot of stories out there that have made parts of computer games canon. Um, oh, you know, so there's there's a few stories in the Battletech universe that I mean, you look at um, the harebrained scheme stuff, you know, mm-hmm. where that stuff was not canon because it was built by another company until I think. Was it Randall Bills put together that uh, short story? Wasn't it House House Arano didn't exist until they actually wrote it in? I had never heard of it till HBS. I can understand. I think think part of the reason why they they probably felt like driven to make it canon is because didn't H wasn't like part of one of the heads of HBS, literally Jordan Wiseman. Yes. So, like, one of the co-creators, creators of this universe, had a massive role in HBS Battletech. So it's like, okay, well, he he did this over here, which isn't technically canon because he's not necessarily associated with it anymore. But out of respect to the creator, we're, we're going to make it canon. That's how yeah. I feel it went. Well, it's it's probably there was a push there. I I would assume um, to get some of that stuff all sorted out. You know. 
I mean, I remember seeing some of the House Orano stuff. I'm like, what is what is this? Where is this coming from? Why is this happening? You know? And somebody's like, oh, it's all part of the computer game. I'm like, there's a computer game for this? Okay. Yeah. It's a good it's game. Good. It is a good yeah. story. But Play a we game, Ben. Yeah, I know. I really need to. Play a I game, Ben. <laughs> I just wonder why, with, with how much there is to Battletech, why you need to make any new stuff? There's already like so many stories you would think would be kind of give the space for video games. Maybe Sometimes that's... people want to make their own thing. Yeah, but it's like, well, if you're going to do it well, in that... the universe... It's already Probably, there's already enough there. I don't know. I think it goes down to IP licensing rights, this, that, and the other, right? Oh, so they had all if, that because they had all the the they had all the mechs, they had everything else. I think yeah, they just wanted to tell I, a unique story. I think it also comes down to like money at some point, right? So like for all the things that you include that are universe, you have to pay for. So like we're gonna buy the bare minimum of the stuff that universe that is that we can use, and then we're gonna make up something completely new that fits in this universe that until it is canonized as apocryphal and then because it doesn't already exist, we don't have to pay for it. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. That's, that's my, that's my thought process. I could be completely wrong. I don't know. <laughs> that's fair. All right. Um, we'll, we'll, let's cover the mech warrior series. Oh, buddy. A behemoth. So the big chunk of the, of the, flagship. Yeah, the flagship games. This is where the episode reaches two hours. Right. So, <laughs> first up, Mech Warrior, the original game, 1989. Who played that? Happy original Wondrous. birthday to me. Wondrous <laughs> game. Mike was just born. <laughs> I definitely Sorry. played it, but later on in the 90s. Yeah, I, I played it sometime after, not right after it came out, but maybe a couple years after. Um and I will, as while I was searching for information about this game, I, I came across a review of the game at that time from Computer Gaming World. It says, Computer Gaming World gave the title four out of five stars, stating that this, this robotic combat simulation is like candy, fun and exuberant, although it may rot your teeth. And uh, I definitely probably played this enough for it to, like, rot my mind a little what bit. What the hell? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um it was good, but I think it was such a difference for me to like seeing like like going from like Atari games to this was crazy. But if you look back at it, back at it, like the missiles look like darts, and like the little lasers are just like lines on the screen. And basically, all you would do is like to destroy anything. You would just run behind it in a locust and just ram it till it blew up. And I mean, it was it was crazy. But as far as like kind of like quantum leaps in what i had experienced uh it was definitely up there it was crazy cool yeah i'm looking out on the sarna entry and i'm like holy smokes it was a rather revolutionary game for its time hmm. interesting all right um mech warrior 2 1995 i remember playing this for hours a pretty decent a- leap for mech warrior 1 you started to have actual like uh textured environments mm-hmm. yeah and yeah a little bit better little bit better graphics and And this is where the clans jump in right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah because that was i remember that was a big draw like well for me at least was well and the ability to customize the mechs like i don't know if you could do that in mech warrior but in mech Um, warrior 2 you could i don't know i remember i remember customizing stuff because you get salvage from the missions that you did and then I remember the final mission, like you're running like four annihilators with like clan large pulse lasers and stuff like that. Um, 
But I also remember like you you'd hold down the the arrow key to make the mech move forward, and it would like run into something and like bounce off of it. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, six, the six-year development between the release of MechWarrior and MechWarrior 2 is very evident in that game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this is when Activision took it over, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was, like, part of the big jump, um, which eventually led to it being offloaded to to Microsoft at some point. But, yeah, yeah, yeah this was a good one, a big and jump. And now Microsoft owns it all again, so... Mm-hmm. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah. And then following up MechWarrior 2, you had MechWarrior 2 Mercenaries in 1996. Yeah, I this was the one I loved. Yeah, I, I really loved this, and that was kind of adding on to the, you know, not only were the graphics cool, but now you had kind of the freedom to go go take missions and kind of plot your own a fun story. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was all, I mean, you could do a lot of things with that game, and, and depending on what you wanted to do. And it kind of took, you know, MechWarrior 1 had this, you were doing contracts essentially still, but it was, MechWarrior 2 was a whole different thing with the contracts and everything. So, I mean, MechWarrior 2 Mercenaries. So, I really enjoyed that. Definitely my favorite of the of the bunch. I think that was also the starting point where you were actually in your dropship. You were, it was the precursor to what I think MechWarrior 5 ended up designing most of its game off of, or at least the the ideas and I'm, and I'm not sure as far as like sales numbers or whatever but i think a lot of people back in that day kind of this is how they started off like you go into oh in in my neck of the woods it was a store called media play and um you would go and see the front you know mech warrior 2 with the mad cat on it with the spindly arms and stuff and that that really drove a lot of interest uh the people that i know that played didn't mercenaries have a mauler on the front of it yeah the mercenaries had the mauler on it um yeah, which which is probably the only time a Mauler will ever be featured on the front of a, uh, a MechWarrior product. But uh, yeah, at that, in that game, is that. yeah. <laughs> when you get to know the mech, you're like, what? Why is this on front? But yeah, yeah, that was a good. I don't like a Jaeger mech. It's just kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> so we had MechWarrior three coming out in 1999. Who played that? I definitely played that one as well, but I don't remember it as much as MechWarrior, the MechWarrior 2s and MechWarrior 4s, so I'm not sure um, why not, but I definitely remember playing it. Um, this is the one, another Mad Cat on the front. Yeah. Um, I actually just recently found a copy of MechWarrior 3 in, in uh, some junk drawer that I have here at the house, so I need to fire yeah, that I- thing up again. Yeah, I want you know. I think it, just looking at kind of some pictures from it, the graphics kind of take another another small leap forward, but it was a little bit more of the same, just kind of slightly better graphics and stuff. Maybe uh, maybe not the same sounds and everything, but uh, yeah, makes me want to like watch some play playthroughs. Yeah, uh, it, it it leaped up because I remember the MechWarrior three intro, and I loved that intro where you've got the oh, what is it, the Mad Cat and the Atlas? Oh, facing off. Yep. You got the yeah. two, what were they, fire bees? Fireflies um, that jump down into yeah. the city and one of them gets blown away midair by the Thor. <laughs> yeah. Poor yeah, when guy. he like, when the mad cat like is facing down, then looks up to see the Atlas in front of it. Yeah, that was a pretty yep. cool scene. But it was a, it was a good game. It, the graphics definitely took an improvement over, over MechWarrior 2 and it kind of set the groundwork for what came out as MechWarrior 3 Pirate's Moon and then into MechWarrior 4 Vengeance. But I think MechWarrior yeah. 3 still had most of your uh, 
your more traditional modifications. So you didn't have the slot system like you did in the later games. And just looking it had, through, it had much more freedom. Yeah, and it looks like you could you were actually fighting against tanks, helicopters, and other stuff as well. So uh, that would be in another addition. But so just just because it's on my mind, what what's everyone's favorite intro game intro? Because I don't know why I always get into this, but um, uh, some of those intros are pretty epic. Two mercenary, okay, yeah. I mean, so, I haven't seen them all. Uh, so, yeah. like, in, intro wise, I I don't know how much of an intro there is it even is for MechWarrior Four Mercenaries. Like, you just start playing the game and that's it. So, I guess intro wise, I'm gonna have to go with MechWarrior Five. Like five. Yeah, I think mine. Um, I, I liked both of the clan ones on MechWarrior Two. Yeah, those are those are pretty cool. Look on the bright side, kid. You get to keep all the money. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Sorry to derail that again, Ben. That's Ooh, no, no, that. That hey, it wasn't me this time. <laughs> if anybody listening has never gone and watched the MechWarrior Two Mercenaries intro, you have to. It's a great intro. You got one scared ass commando pilot running away, and then he gets saved by his boss and a Zeus. Then the Zeus dies, and then he gets off the planet. It's great. Well, yeah, and he leaves the Zeus there, like trying to get in the ship, and they're just like blasting off as the Zeus. No, the dropship pilot him. leaves the Zeus there. Yeah, it's like, no, I'm out of here. I'm not getting paid enough to die. So I may have watched that way too many times. So is that that's all from MechWarrior Three, or is that that's MechWarrior Two Mercenaries? Gotcha. MechWarrior right. Two Mercenaries, best yeah. intro of any BattleTech game ever. I'll have to go check those out. I haven't really watched any. Yeah, I think there's a YouTube playlist that has all of them. So. Just click and enjoy. I'd say second best was honestly HBS Battletech because it kind of walks you from the inception of KF drives all the way through modern day. Well, and I forget which one it was that had kind of like the Command and Conquer intro with with uh, real life actors, right? I oh no, oh, that one was. Well, wasn't it Mech Commander as well, or no? Yes, Mech Commander did. I remember okay. Mech Warrior. Mech Warrior Two. It had a couple of big, big guys in it too, like big actors. Was it? Uh, was it the? Uh, he was in a couple of movies, like uh, The Abyss and stuff. Michael Dean Michael, played a Navy SEAL. Yeah, now we have to go look at it. I know. I'm sure we're all going to do our homework after this. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, this is why we're an okay podcast because we don't do our right. homework beforehand. We do it while we're recording. While we're doing and, it, and apparently we're just always eating now. While we record, that's well, if you guys would would freaking want to do this at not nighttime. Uh, did you not eat dinner? This is dinner. <laughs> oh my! On to Mech Warrior Four. Oh Mech God. Warrior Four. All right, who 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 played Mech Warrior Four? Everyone I except I, I came in at Mercs. No, I came in at Mech Warrior Four Mercs. Okay, what, what was the good. difference between Four and Four Mercs? Who for those? Well, that I think just like kind of like Mech Warrior the Four was straight campaign, right? Yes, Mech Warrior Four was more of a. Uh, I believe you were playing as a Lyran. And it's definitely you were... set. I think all of four was set in the FedCom Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see here. MechWarrior 3, MechWarrior 4. All right. So the FedCom Civil War and Kantaris 4. Yep. So FedCom Civil War, where, uh, let's see, William Dersari seizes the throne under the banner of uh, Catherine Steiner Davian. At least that is the. Backstory synopsis on Sarna. Mm. And then what did mercenaries get you into? Uh, Solaris. Solaris. Yep. <laughs> oh my God, Solaris. So much. Isn't and that the, where we're like officially introduced to and the, 
the epic of D- Duncan Fisher. Duncan Fisher. Yeah, that's when you really start hearing about, you know, like Silesia, the Valhalla Club. Um, like, cause, cause there's a, there's a point where, uh, Duncan Fisher's out. So I was in the Valhalla Club the other day. Um, so like that's, so Duncan Fisher was, was voiced by uh, George Ledoux. Who George still does Ledoux a is a fucking king. And he still does some of the different uh, voices across uh, Battletech games and Battletech uh, fan creations. Uh, there was a great episode that just came out from the Black Pants Legion where Tex is talking to George uh, for most of the episode. So it's really great listen if you want to learn a little bit more about uh, the background of George Ledoux and and his escapades in the BattleTech French franchise. So yeah, that was a, a really good one. I I still remember playing those those uh, Solaris matches. I think there was one that was like in this like kind of uh, lava type uh, map or something. I can't remember. Oh, the factory. Exactly. That's in the factory. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, that one. I so, played so many times in that one, man. The first time you walked in that, and you're like, shut down. You're like, what? Heat level critical. Shut down imminent. <laughs> I uh, fired one laser. Yeah. Why is it so hot in here? We I still like the uh I think the we all spent games. all of our time. Yeah. I think we spent all of our time in Solaris for MechWarrior 4 Mercenaries. Cause like well and what's fun too is so it's still FedCom Civil War, right? And before you go into a match, there's a drop down and you can dedicate your win to either Steiner or Davian. Oh, and I that, don't remember that. That's cool. Oh, oh, this is extremely important, right? So, like, there's two endings to the game, if you didn't know that. There's two I endings to the game. No. Oh, now you have to play it again. And everyone else I listening, know. if you didn't know this, you have to go play again. So there's two endings to the game. Um, if you, at, at a certain point in your campaign, if your alignment at Solaris is either more Steiner or, and, or more Davian, will give you one of two endings. And at some point, it, it gets locked in. Um, and it's you're either fighting for Katrina or for Victor you're, um, for, for the, like the final mission set. Um, and that, yeah, it's, the final missions are not easy, if I remember right. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a minute since I played them, but I remember multiple friends telling me the only way they could get finished the story was to turn on the cheats for like invincibility and shit. <laughs> so they yeah, could actually get the finish of the story. There's um, a lot of reviews that say it was like the difficulty was elite. Insane. Oh, <laughs> insane. Uh, but it was a good story. It is not canon whatsoever. Uh, they've stressed that multiple times. I think that's because like around that Mech Warrior 4, Mech Warrior 4 Mercs time, is that's when popularity well, was surging through the clicks and everything else totally. in the universe. So, so when know. you look on when you look on Sarna, it says the story path which conforms to canon. The People's Council confirms Ian is Duke, and the story which diverges from canon is the People's Council confirms Joanna as Duchess. So there you go. Now you know. So that sounds like what two extremely tiny parts of the game. No, that's the that's the end game. That's the. I don't know. I don't remember, man. It's been so long since I played it. I just remember a Davian side and a Steiner side. And depending on who you dedicated your wins to at Solaris, that's what mattered. I sure hope I wasn't dedicating my wins to Katrina because that would, you know, no bueno. bueno. Ruin your whole self image. (laughs) But uh, with all all due respect to Nate over at Bungle Tech, Katrina was 
Come on. Just, She's just bad lady. Worst. Come on, mate. She's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to MechWarrior 5. Let's talk about that since you guys all have a... It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. It is more fun. And the Hog expansion is way too hard. There's expansions after that one even. Well, now there is. It just came out. It just came out. The Draconis Combine expansion. Let me give you shit, okay? And there will be more. (laughs) From what I hear. As for, like, DLCs for... Yeah. Five? Yeah, Yeah, the new DLC just dropped. No, like, he said there will be more. Probably. Yeah, that's what... Yeah. I think that they're the the talk around the coolers that there's going to be one or two more, and then uh, and then they've got they've got the clan. So well, that's uh, a whole separate base game, is it? Yeah, Yeah. MechWarrior Five Clans is not a DLC. It is a separate base game. It's going to be a following. Yeah, following the MechWarrior theme, right? So you've got MechWarrior Four, MechWarrior Four Mercenaries, Ah, MechWarrior Four Vengeance. Yeah, MechWarrior Four Black Knight. So they're following with that number, like that naming convention theme. So there's MechWarrior 5 with its, what now, four DLCs. And then MechWarrior 5 Clans is an entirely separate base game. It is not a DLC. It is a whole new, I'm going to say whole new game, but it's, it's so large of an update that it's a base game, not a DLC. Nice. I think it's going to be really great. I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to finally beating Rise of Rasselhog and then going into Dragon's Gambit. So Yeah, I still have yeah. to go into Dragon's Gambit and Rise of Rasselhog. So I, I mean, I got Heroes uh, of the Inner Sphere was okay. Call to Arms was good. And Legends of the Kestrel Lancers was... It was decent. But so far, I've, I still think that uh, for difficulty-wise, until I play... Dragon's Gambit, Rise of Rosselhog is definitely the hardest. That's fair. Yeah. What did you think of the like the the base game storyline for five? I mean, I thought it was it was decent. Uh, the whole clan aspect of it was uh, it wasn't as great as I was hoping it would be. I think the story could have been a little bit different rather than we're going off into unknown space and we're going to chase down the star league bunker and then you find out i mm-hmm. think that his dad was part of the clan expeditionary team and whatever so so i don't think the storyline for five with the whole like clan revelation right was a huge because there, there was so much alluding to it throughout the campaign um that it wasn't the the punch in the face that I think they were hoping for. Now, have you read, um, oh, what's, what's the name of it? Is it Mercenary Life? I have not. Nope. Tell that's me. the name of it, right? Yeah, know. that's the that's the story that, what was that? That was that whole anthology thing, right? It was an anthology. Rand, Randall did it? Was it Randall? I thought, I thought that was all based off of HBS, though. No, it's 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 100% tied to MechWarrior 5. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so you get the backstory for everyone in MechWarrior 5 in the Mercenary Life uh, anthology. Hopefully with which, better dialogue. <laughs> you get Farad, uh, Fahad. You get Fahad's background. You get... Uh, Commander, what's his name? Mason. Uh, Mason, you get Commander Mason's, like, but like his dad, right? <laughs> Com- Commander Mason's dad's background. Uh, his mom, uh, Rihanna. You get you get all their backgrounds through this anthology that is the book that I, 
I want to say it was I want to say it was Randall that wrote it all. Yeah. Uh, so that helps the story of the base campaign for MechWarrior Five a lot. And I, having read it after I played the game adds. I mean, it it still adds a lot of punch to it. Um, I mean, at this point, anyone that's played the game is will be reading it after they played it. But it still adds a lot of value to the story that you get through the campaign. So, highly recommend reading Mercenary Life. I'm going to go make sure that is the actual uh, it title. Is, it fast. is the yeah. Mercenary Life written by Randall Bills, available okay. on the Catalyst Game Labs web web store for three ninety nine. Super worth it, um, especially if you enjoyed MechWarrior Five and you want more of the story for those characters. All their background is there. Uh, so definitely check that out. I thought that was really cool. It might even be the first time that there's been actual like written words, novels, physical book you could pick up and read that directly correlated to the story of a video game. And I think that's cool. Well, as far as the game itself, I think it took what was good about MechWarrior 3 and MechWarrior 4 and kind of combined them to build a game that was challenging and had a decent enough story to follow along where you could diverge where you wanted and play the kind of the mercenary commander role and just have a lot of good time playing it. And the, the main story missions were hard enough to oh, those final not feel like hard were, as hell. well, not make you feel like you're walking through them. They, they were challenging. And I think that's what made it a good game. And to me, that's what makes it the best. Uh, mech warrior game to date the story was good the ais suck mm-hmm. uh so, so the the yeah. ais you the have AI- to, the ais you have to learn how to you have to tell them what to do and that's the that's one of the hard part now yes there are definitely improvements that need to be made to the ai so that they actually fight using the loadouts that they're given but in the game the yeah, ai is more frustrating than sending an lrm boat and with an AI pilot and they just walk into, into knife fighting range and like, you're useless. You're useless here. So a lot of that depends on where you set the weapon groups. So if you set their weapon groups for the LRMs and weapon group two, then they're going to use their weapon group one, which is your lasers. But if you set the weapon groups for the LRMs to group one, they will stand off a little bit. And that I have never heard of before. And it's super good to know (laughs) because it always drives me fucking insane. I'm like, why the fucking hell that you're giving them commands? Oh, I'll give them commands. Well, if you have LRM boats, tell them to stand still. Okay. But then when I'm in the fucking thick of it and I'm just like, all of you attack this because it's way faster because I play on the Xbox. It's just way fucking faster to do all of you attack this target. And then they're just like, I'm now useless because the I'm other too solution close. is you play the LRM boat. Well, so, that's less fun. Speaking of which, now on Mike's comment there, which is your guys' favorite way to play? Like, you know, gaming console, compute, you know, PC, whatnot. Uh, what do you guys think? PC. PC. I, I mean, these games I, were really yeah. designed for the PC. I mean, Aside from Mech Assault and the Mech Warrior SNES game, any of the ones that have made their way over to console have been ports over to console. And you lose something when you when you move from a full keyboard and full keyboard customization down to a controller. Also, I learned I, I played all of Mech Warrior 4 Mercs on a fucking joystick, and it was amazing. Oh god, why? And 
the the new games because it was fun and that's how my friend's house had it set up because he had the game not me and so i played it the way it was set up at his house and it had a joystick so that's how i played it (laughs) so then when i ended up getting my own version of the game i got a joystick and played it with a joystick because that's now the only way i knew how to play it but (laughs) it also made it feel more real because especially now when you play like MechWarrior online or Mech Warrior 5 and they're going through the startup sequence and they look down and you see the joysticks and I'm like, okay, this is meant to be played with a joystick. So but if you play me, Mech Warrior Online with a joystick, it's ass. If you play Mech Warrior 5 with a joystick, it's maybe a little less ass, but it's still ass. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I have both. And uh although I do like the Mech Warrior 5 works okay for my Xbox, because it's like a little bit dumbed down and it makes you know using the sticks easier. But again, I'll agree with you guys, and I, I do agree PC on all of these. So there you go. So the only thing that I think would make Mech Warrior 5 even better would be a VR interface to where it enabled the head of the the mech. Dave has money for VR. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't have kids. Because Dave doesn't have kids. (laughs) Both are true. Doesn't change the fact that it would be awesome. I think I've heard other people mention this. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying you're you're the only one that can afford it right now. (laughs) Oh, I've had this thing since uh, 2018. I mean, I don't have a new My VR common headset. Sense. I have an HTC Gen 1 Vive. It's a good VR headset, but it's not the greatest, but it works. And I know that there are a couple mods that allow you to use it, but I haven't really tried them. But I think if they had you think integrated... would be the benefit, right? What would be the benefit uh, of I having the VR? I'd be able to look around the cockpit. It's It's literally just realism. So, like, I went over to Dave's house a few months back... Uh, when we first started getting into War Thunder and there's VR controls and like view settings built into War Thunder at this point. And it's literally like you're sitting in this World War II bomber, like you are sitting in the cockpit. And when you move your head, you are looking around the fucking cockpit and then you can see your enemies flying around. So it just, it just extremely adds to the realism and the yeah. badassness. So like I am all for the like the a VR component to Mech Warrior Five or Mech Warrior Online, I'm all for it. I'm just saying, I'm a broke bitch. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you could have a better game or you could have a lesser, maybe a slightly lesser game with VR, which would you choose? A better game with VR? No, that's not one of the choices. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally not a choice. <laughs> not a choice at all. But it is the only choice. <laughs> uh, I would not take the I would take the current game with a plugged in VR. Uh, a, a VR plugin for it. Honestly, that would be enough because yeah. one of the downsides about VR is no matter how good the screens are inside your your VR headset, things still get the pixels are still the size that it, they are. You in the still screen. lose quality. Yeah, you do lose quality for near images. The faraway images, your eyes can adjust and they still look really good, but you do lose the fidelity as it as you're looking at something that's closer to your face in the VR environment, because it's your screen is trying to use pixels that on a screen sitting two feet away from you would look fine and they look clear as day. But when it's that close to your Mark one eyeball, it is just, it's going to be harder to read. That would be my worry is like, if they're like, if we, they hear, you know, the publishers or whatnot, they hear like, Oh, people want VR. You know, the, and they're like, well, we've only got so much capital. We oh, VR will be the VR first thing that gets, of... gets 
axed off of any game development because VR is still yeah, so much of a niche product that it is not it is not mainstream. It is also not good enough to be mainstream yet. Maybe well, in I, five, I ten hope, years yeah, it will uh, be. That is the case, yeah. It's, it's been around for five like plus years game. and it's still pretty mid. Like <laughs> it's decent. It's decent for certain game applications like uh Elite Dangerous, fantastic. You still can't read the text that's close up to you. But everything else about the game is amazing in VR. But uh, so list yeah. MechWarrior would be it was just that level of immersion that it takes it from you know eight out of ten to ten out of ten. It's it's that halfway point between like the the VR headset and then a full haptic system. Hey listeners, let us know what you want VR, no VR. What's what's what do you want in the new game? There you go. This is your opportunity. VR, VR, VR. Get out of here. Rich, bitch, rich, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep us going, Ben. What's Just right, um, next up is the HBS Battletech. Ooh, that's a sweet one. All right, who wants to talk about I that? I played the crap out of that. In fact, uh, I have almost as many hours in HBS Battletech as I do in MechWarrior Online. Wow. And that's sad. I'm going to say wow again. So I played through it once and that's about it. So HBS Battletech is fun because you get, just like MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries, you get to play that kind of mercenary life. And it really scratches the mech commander itch, albeit a little smaller because you're only controlling a lance of mechs versus a whole company. But it is a, a great game if you're not one for the first-person shooters. So if you want to play Battletech on the computer in turn the best strategy form, style. Turn, turn-based strategy style, that is probably the best game that I could recommend to anybody. I mean, it was good enough that I got my 70-year-old dad playing it. I really liked the HBS, especially with kind of how many mods there are out there. So I've tried a few of the mods, and I really enjoyed uh, some of the additions that they bring. And but just even just the vanilla game does definitely kind of scratch the itch uh, in a lot of ways. So uh, I'd say, the, what do you guys fan. think the uh, the best mod is for HBS BattleTech? See, I know the I, I've never modded it. Oh, it's so hard. Rogue Tech oh, is hard. Rogue Tech I, is I hard. I lied. But the thirty six is it the thirty sixty two? Thirty sixty two. I I yeah, did. I liked it. Eventually mod it with thirty sixty two. I know I said like I've never I think modded the, it. I think I, the Commander's Edition is the best mod out there for it. Rogue it's Tech is yeah. decent, but it, like you said, it's way too hard. It's insane. And part yeah, of me is tough. a little, I'm a little bit of a grognar when it comes to HBS Battletech. I don't like the full customization of a battle mech in an era that those customizations weren't available. Didn't exist. But that's also fair. I don't think that's necessarily a grognar thing as it is like, this is just literally wrong thing. Like it, it's, the era doesn't fit. Like all of these things are technically wrong given this timeline, I think Grognard is specifically like just like that way older thing. If, if you're able to just, if you just want something to, to fit lore canon wise, this, that, and the other, I, I don't, I don't think you're wrong for that. <laughs> no, I, I think they're, you know, having restrictions actually makes things better. So you've got, you know, you're limited to certain things, especially in the earlier eras. And I think that makes it better because you have to adapt to the situation rather than the situation have to, you know, adapt to your whims at any time. So I'm I'm totally game for that, yeah. All right, and our last and final game, MechWarrior Online. Third best battle deck game. Sorry, it is. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, it came uh, out in 
2012. I I started playing it in 2013, uh, and I played it pretty regularly slash heavily uh, for a handful of years while I was stationed in Italy. Um, and then I got came back to the states, ended up buying a house, and I just came be a, a busy homeowner at that point. Um, so I I played a way I I I stopped playing it entirely. <laughs> let's be honest. Um, and then within the last year or, or so, I've I've been getting back into it exponentially. Um, so I also played it in 2012. Uh, but it's a lot of I fun. Had to, I had to stop playing it because, well, I was busy with life and my laptop was not good enough. In fact, when I came back to playing it in about 2016, uh, my laptop was still the same laptop that I had back then. And when I would try and run the game, it would push every single sensor in the laptop to 95 degrees Celsius. Good God, dude. uh, Yeah, I had to, I pulled the CD drive out of the laptop. I had a fan blowing directly into the motherboard. I was doing everything I could (laughs) to to make that thing working. Uh, But inevitably, it just, it could not keep up with the game. So I ended up building the PC that I have now. It's not even a demanding game. Uh, It is when I had a GTX 980, I think was the... uh, I mean, I guess that's fair. Or 960 or whatever the graphics card was. It was in that laptop. It was was an old gateway gaming um, laptop. It did okay. My laptop's seven years old. It's the only computer I have now, and I'm running a GTX 1060, and I can still Where's handle the, the game. Press the nerd button here. Can I press the nerd button? Is that, hey, is that hey, we, we're talking nerd. specs now. Um, <laughs> the nerds. Uh, the, the 1060 can it. handle it. It's yeah. a lot of fun, uh, especially with friends. Okay, so group up with your friends. The user yeah. interface for the game is still terrible. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but so, it's easy to get the hang of. So let's loop this back around to what we like about this game. What I like about this game is the number and variety of mechs that you have. There's the, a big variety. The customization that you can do to your mechs. It has all the means. A, it has an okay Solaris uh, system in it. It's not great. Their Solaris okay. system was trash. Uh, but the <laughs> deathmatch, the deathmatch that is in it is much better if you play in private lobbies because otherwise all the death matches oh, turn yes. into a NASCAR. Everybody turns right or everybody turns left and meets somewhere in the middle. But like when, when they announced Solaris, I got excited because I was used to the 12 to 15 mech free for all that was Solaris of mech warrior four mercenaries, right? Like that, that's my only knowledge of video game Solaris. So that's what I expect. And then it's launched, and I'm like, this is just 1v1. This is bullshit. I wanted a fucking free-for-all. Okay, I wanted a fucking free-for-all, dude. So the solution to that... I was denied that. You can still do a free-for-all. You just have to do it with a private lobby and 11 of your friends. Yeah, I think this, for me, this game suffers a bit, especially the longer you play it. And um, and I think that's been the case with a lot of people. And there have been like a lot of tweaks over time that I don't know have been the best. But I think a couple of the things that I find difficult about it is that like the replayability, sometimes things get old because you do have the NASCAR all the time. Um, and for me, actually, the the ability to make all the changes to all the units 
it, it kind of drives me a little bit batty to like see an urban mech with like three PPCs on it or something, you know, that, yeah. that type of stuff that isn't like, it isn't lore akin at all. Um, what you see in mech warrior online. So that, that does kind of drive me a little bit nuts. And then just the fact that like lights are, are somewhat king in this, like they're the most terrifying thing is to have a light flying around behind you. Um, and anyways, kinda, kinda those up them skills up or skills. Or anything with stealth. Yeah, those, oh, so those things kind of kind of make it like less fun. But I will say, and this is you know going to what we're going to talk about. But you know, Mike's been driving the bus on this play on Fridays thing, and it has been fun to play with people while we're chatting. Now, if I was yes. just going on by myself and only playing that way, I think I would be not playing the game again, just because things haven't really gotten away from those problems that I just listed. But with people you know come play with us and it's fun yeah mike is just salty because i challenged him to a one-on-one and i used his build against him okay tag is supposed to work (laughs) against stealth (laughs) literally everyone including yourself was like that's supposed to work i don't know why it's not because i had an all streak build the tag was supposed to work against your your stealth i don't know why it didn't everyone was confused and that's why I just I just Mike, Mike was, was no in fun. a huntsman with nothing but streak SRM sixes, and I beat him in a Phoenix Hawk with stealth armor and five medium lasers. The tag was supposed to work. Okay. Once again, things <laughs> that kind of are different than what they should be, right? That's that's kind of yeah, one yeah. of the deals. But it's fun with friends. It's a hell of a lot of friends with friends. We've known many a people that have quit playing the game years ago. Uh, that have gotten back into it because we've got this regular group now and they're like, holy shit, this is actually fun again, if not more fun than it used to be. And I'm like, it's it's because you're playing with friends. <laughs> like That's what Mike, it's all you about. Wanna know, you want to know why your, uh, stealth, your streak build didn't work? It's not because of the stealth. It's because I had the ECM. Ah, shit. I need a BAP. I need a BAP. That's why it didn't work. I thought you had a BAP. I, not on that one. That's why it didn't work, buddy. Because even though you Damn it. The, the tag should have been able to cut through the stealth armor, which it should have, the BAP is what you need to, to counter the uh, ECM. Counter the ECM if you don't have another ECM in counter mode. Damn, that's fair. For those hey, that don't Mike, know, a BAP is a Beagle Active Probe. It counters ECM. Mike, tell the people what they want to know. Where, 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 and where, where? Yeah, All where right. Every freaking Friday at 9 p.m., 2100 hours, Mountain Standard, Mountain Daylight, whatever. Mountain time. Um, and we'll, we'll post it in our Discord and some of the other Discords. Uh, every, every Friday, that is like the, the scheduled game day. Um, every Friday, 9 p.m. Mountain time, we all get in uh, the Valhalla Club voice chat and we play MechWarrior Online. If we get more people, we're able to fill out private, private lobbies. So, uh, this past Friday was our best uh friday yet so far we were able to run what was it four on five four on five yeah for a bit four on five for a bit and like and that's in a private lobby so you don't have to worry about worldwide matchmaking um you just have to worry about me changing the map (laughs) (laughs) which is a constant worry which is a constant problem but if you remind me i'll change it run um well if if you're not drinking at 9 p.m mountain time on a friday night while you're hanging out with friends what 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 are you doing? Um, I'm just saying it's a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, no, we play Mech Warrior online Fridays 
9 p.m. Mountain Time, and I'll always be putting the reminder out on the Discord. Um, and if you're not able to play the game or you want to check it out and see what it's like, I've started streaming them on Twitch, uh, mainly in preparation for an upcoming charity event and trying to figure all this out. But um, So if you want to see what it's like or aren't able to play because of whatever work, this, that, and the other, but you're able to listen in, you can tune in, listen, watch, what have you on Twitch while I stream the games. Um, the longer we play, the funnier it gets. Charles communicates solely through a soundboard the entire game, the entire night, and it's absolutely hilarious. The, the ability of that man to form full sentences and they make <laughs> sense, and they make actual sense through a soundboard. It is pretty funny. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, so props, props to that man, Charles. Wait, can, props the, to can you. the people on Twitch hear the soundboard? The people on Twitch can hear the soundboard. Oh, that's awesome, because otherwise uh, that would be really confusing. Yeah, uh, the soundboard is not recorded by Carl, which is who we use for the podcast, but the soundboard on Twitch is 100%. You can hear everything. So um, it's funny as fuck. So check it out on Twitch um, if you're not able to play or come play. It, when we fill out a uh, private lobby, we've got two separate voice chats uh, for Dropship 1 and Dropship 2 um, because once there's like 11, 12 people plus in a single voice chat trying to communicate tactical plans, it's confusing as fuck. So we created Dropship 1 and Dropship 2. So Team 2 gets their own voice chat. Team 1 gets their own voice chat. And then and we, we can actually... together and talk shit. Yeah. And then in between, sure. Or, or afterwards or before the fact, uh, you go to a consolidated voice chat and we all talk mad shit and just have fun. It's a lot of fun. MechWare Online is fun with friends. Come play. Come so Mike, out. what is the charity event? The charity event is actually um, being like... I'm. I'm helping out or trying to help out uh, Tommy Silency Raven from Wolfnet Radio. He is um, leading the charge on the Extra Life for Kids uh, charity campaign, which is a uh, children's hospital charity event. The Extra Life for Kids campaign itself is a nationwide game day, whether that's on the tabletop, live stream, it's just all gamers come together and try to raise money for um, their local children's hospital. So I'm attempting to help out with that. He is running, um, I think, a tournament itself, but also various silent auctions. He's had um, an Alpha Strike uh, box set painted up by Brushido, um, and it looks amazing. And then he also had like a, um, a smoke Jaguar star painted up by Ron Baker out in Florida, which looks amazing. Um, so, and there's, there's various other things that are going to be auctioned off at the silent auction on Saturday, November 4th. So that is the actual like game day and silent auction day. So oh, all Saturday. day. So yeah, yeah. Like I've, I've got to edit this quick. So, I, I need anyone that's going to owe me things after this recording to finish this episode. I'm going to need it quick. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, um, so Saturday, 
Saturday, November 4th, uh, we're going to be streaming and playing MechWarrior Online like all freaking day uh, to try and raise money for this event. Uh, Charles will be there. Uh, I know uh, I'm pretty sure Aaron and Brent from of Mechs and Men plan on hanging out nearly the entire day. I'm sure we'll see Chandler and um, Derek from On the Origins uh, for the majority of the time, depending on their schedules. Um, I'll be there all day because I'm streaming the thing all day. I'm pretty sure Charles is planning to be there as long as possible. Charles Wolfnet, Matt, I think you're planning to be there the majority of the time as well. I will try and be there. It'll be in the evenings because I have drilled it that weekend. Oh, boo. But we'll have Dave too. Um, so it should be people in and out all day, um, but that's what it's for. It's to raise money for local children's hospitals. I'm tied in with Tommy's Extra Life team. So any money donated to the campaign through our live stream directly, directly benefits Tommy's team because he's the team leader for, for this event. There's multiple teams um, because every, who doesn't like competition, right? We're all gamers, so we all compete, right? So everyone forms a team and you compete through donations. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, so that's, that's what the Extra Life for Kids charity campaign is. Saturday, November 4th, We'll be streaming and playing MechWarrior Line all day. Um, and we'll also be sharing links for Tommy's um, uh, silent auctions and whatnot because those things look amazing. And I haven't even seen everything yet. I don't think we, any of us have. <laughs> so, uh, But that's, that's that. All right. For anybody that is looking for these games that we've been talking about, uh, you can find most of them on myabandonware.com. So you can go to that website, you can search MechWarrior, you can search Crescent Hawks, uh, and you'll find most of these game files as free downloads. So you can get everything from MechWarrior all the way through MechWarrior 4. You can get Mech Commander, Mech Commander 2, and the Crescent Hawk games. So if you want to check out some of these games we've been talking about, relive a little bit of nostalgia, go on that website, download the games, and have a great time playing them. That's actually a good point. I was recently file diving uh, my MechWarrior 4 Mercenaries download, and I, I found a file called like ebook. And sure as shit, there's a Battlecore book in there called Trial of Fire that was released by Lauren Coleman, and I think it was like 2003, 2004. It was released along with the mech tech like free expansion or the, the expansion for mech warrior four mercenaries. Uh, so it was, it was included as a free ebook with the mech tech expansion for mech warrior four mercenaries. And I actually have it in this mech warrior four download. So since it was released free in the early two thousands with this game, I think I'm pretty safe in sharing this, ebook file for this short story trial under fire onto our discord for those that listen. So it's a short story trial under fire that accompanied a mech warrior four mercenaries expansion in the early two thousands that I will be sharing on the discord. So keep an eye out for that. Sweet. Deep, deep in these files. Like <laughs> I had no cool. idea I've had it all these years. It's literally like the, yeah, it, it is. It's a battle course short story by Lauren Coleman, probably way before he was ever actually in charge of shit. 
All right. Are we done with the games now? Yeah. So. You, <laughs> Dave made this go out of order. Mm. Did I? You got to do some editing now. All right. Uh, next up, S2 Intel Brief. Crescent Hawks were formed in 3007 by Jeremiah Youngblood. The Hawks were formed as a highly skilled special operations force by Archon Katrina Steiner due to Jeremiah Youngblood's brash tactics, devotion to the Archon, and for being utterly devoid of fear. As a crack commando unit, the Crescent Hawks were answerable only to the Archon and took on missions that directly impacted her designs, both political and martial. Jeremiah Youngblood was notable for piloting a Phoenix Hawk Lamb and leading his unit into the most dangerous of situations while achieving his objectives with little loss of life and equipment. The sensitive nature of these missions still command the highest level of classification in the Lyran Commonwealth and their exact details have never been released to the public. However, the high position held by the Crescent Hawks was not long lived and the Hawks were disbanded by the Archon in 3020. As a result of this falling out, Jeremiah was removed from the Archon's court and sent to Pacifica. While on Pacifica, Youngblood discovered a Star League cache, and similar to the conflict that befell the Grey Death Legion, he was besieged by the forces of the Draconis Combine's Second Sword of Light. During the battle, Jeremiah was captured and taken to Deeron, leaving his 18-year-old son to lead a successful revolt on the Pacifica that repelled the DCMS. After recovering his father's Phoenix Hawk lamb, Jason Youngblood reformed the Crescent Hawks with the assistance of the grateful Katrina Steiner and led a strike team to rescue his father from the Combine in 3028 during the initial chaos of the Fourth Succession War. As a result of the treatment his father received in captivity, Jason Youngblood swore a blood feud against the Combine. During the War of 3039, the Hawks served the new FedCom and scouted and skirmished with the DCMS forces across Rosselhog, tracking their movements for the Archon. During the campaign, the Hawks raided the LexTech factory on Earsi and as a slight to the coordinator, Jason painted the crest of the Hawks on the side of the building of Extech to ensure that the DCMS bested them. As time drew on, the Hawks developed a close relationship with the Kelhounds and became Kelhounds themselves in all but name. In 3049, the Crescent Hawks were deployed to the rock in search of the lost Phelan Kel. It was on this asteroid that the Hawks first encountered Clan Wolf. After their defeat on the rock, the Hawks regrouped with the Kelhounds on Verthandi and spent the next year skirmishing and observing Clan Jade Falcon, gathering intel and insight that led Jason Youngblood to develop a deep understanding of the clans. When the time came to attack the clans, the Hawks joined the Kelhounds and Wolf's Dragoons on Luthien. Deciding that the defeat of the Inner Sphere's common enemy was more important than the blood feud that he had sworn against the dragon. After the victory, Jason Youngblood and the Hawks were awarded the Bushido Blade by Takahashi Kirita, officially ending the decades-long blood feud. Unfortunately, the Hawks took heavy losses during the battle, and as a result, the unit 
officially disbanded. After the unit was disbanded, the Kelhounds took in the survivors and memorialized their service within the Kelhounds by keeping an operational Phoenix Hawk adorned with the crest of the Crescent Hawks at all times. The Crescent Hawks were brought back to operational status in 3072 during the Jihad to fight the Word of Blake, with Jeremiah Youngblood II at the helm of the unit. They would fight at the side of Devlin Stone throughout the conflict all the way to Terra, tangling with elite units like the 47th Shadow Division. During the conflict, the Hawks would capture a Word of Blake lamb, a Pock, and return to the side of the Kelhounds until the end of the Jihad, where the unit was again disbanded. In 3136, 50 years after the Jihad, the Crescent Hawks would again be reformed by Kelhounds Colonel N. Kel, with Jezebel Youngblood leading the unit. The Hawks would play a role in key victories against the Falcons on Dustball and several other worlds along the Free World League Wolf border. The Hawks still remain active and in the service of the Kelhounds as the Inner Sphere enters the age of the Ilkhan. The Crescent Hawk units are painted with a dark blue torso, gray legs, and gray upper arms, applied in a pattern similar to their parent Kelhounds, with yellow highlights added to the torso. The crest of the Crescent Hawks is a white circle with a stylized blue hawk facing left on top in front of a yellow crescent moon with red eyes. This concludes the unit briefing of the Crescent Hawks. Drink of the month. We ready for that? Hey all, this is Ben here, your Battletech Master of Spirits. Get your mixers, liquors, shakers, stirs, and strainers ready as we cover this month's Battletech Drink of the Month. Alright, this month's Drink of the Month. In honor of the OMAM crew getting into Book 2 of the Warrior Trilogy, this month's Drink of the Month is called the Chancellor's Cup. The Chancellor's Cup consists of Pim's number three gin, one and a half ounces, one ounce of vodka, four ounces of tonic, and a dash of bitters. Serve it over ice and enjoy. And is it enjoyable? You know, I tried, I just did like a tonic with vodka. I didn't do gin because I'm not a big gin guy. Um, I mean, I don't know if you can get the true measure of it. I, I assume the gin would make it not great. Just to me. I'm sure it's a large flavor component. Yeah, gin and tonic is not bad. Vodka and tonic's not bad, but the two combined, I don't know how that would work out. And I'm not really willing to spend money on a bottle of gin that I'm not really gonna drink. Ooh, that sounds like a job for Chandler because whoever listened to the one of the recently streamed MWO nights, uh Chandler downed half a bottle of gin and that man was giggly. Oh <laughs> it was so fucking funny, dude. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll hit up Chandler. Chandler and say, hey man, Chandler, make the Chancellor's Cup. Yep, there you go. How does this relate to the Chancellor, Ben? So this is the Chancellor of the Capellan Confederation. So this was it. It relates to him because vodka is part of the territory in Capellan space, I guess. Um, <laughs> vodka this is plays a big part of it. They're they're in book two of the Warrior trilogy, right? And that's yeah. where things really start getting popping off between Davian space and Liao space. 
yeah. I think I think that's where where Ben was going with it. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah there's a uh, Maximilian Lyle plays a big portion in uh, book two of the Warrior trilogy, um, being the Chancellor at the time. Um, vodka obviously plays a part in it because there's a whole scene of uh, in, in the Tikhonovsky's. Yeah, well, no, there's a whole scene of Michael Hasek Davian uh, screaming at the uh, Capellan ambassador about his illegal vodka imports. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, this and I don't know, man. This is a Reddit thing. Who knows? It's it's that's. What oh, I was just wondering with. if this was like something that they all something that they all like lined up in a circle and, like, drink and played Russian roulette or something. I mean, you know, what, whatever's going to happen there. Yeah. Who knows, man? It's, it's, yeah, this is one of those Reddit recipes that I'm like, we gotta, we gotta fix this one. So we'll put more bourbon in it. Oh that's God. How, that's how it makes it better. <laughs> that's how they always end, man. <laughs> take away the gin, take away the vodka, just do tonic and, and bourbon. Take away the bitters. <laughs> just bourbon. Or Cheers. use the tonic. You don't even need that. Cheers, bitch. It is. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> so that's your drink of the month. I assisted with the woo. I heard it. Good job. <laughs> All right. Uh, upcoming action. We already talked about the Extra Life for Kids charity campaign. Indeed. Uh, Matt, what do you got on LVO? Yeah, the Las Vegas Open uh, is less than three months away now, which is crazy. Uh, happening on the third weekend in January. Let me see. Of course, I forget exactly when those dates are. That would be uh, Thursday the 18th through the 21st. That's the Sunday. We have both Alpha Strike and Classic main events occurring. So we'll have for the Alpha Strike side, we'll have the Alpha Strike 350 tournament uh, ran by uh, not yours truly, but the WolfNet crew, both Coach and Andrew. They'll be there to, to make sure we have some fun, I'm sure. Um, next, we'll have the campaign in a day or day-ish depending on whatever Ben wants to run, because it's going to be Ben's Turning Points Helm, which is uh, an awesome little source book, and we're going to be playing through that. And also there will be uh, Battletech Escalation, which is, well, it's kind of a combo. So you've got, you're going to play a little bit of Solaris, you're going to play a little bit of Classic, and then you're going to play a little bit of Alpha Strike. So it kind of combines the two. Uh, over on the Classic side, we've got... On Friday, we have Battletech Through the Ages, so you'll play four four ages, four eras of Battletech with your um, force changing a little bit in between each, and that's kind of semi-tournament style. And then on Saturday to Sunday, we have a uh, two-kid campaign that's coming out of the two-kid sourcebook, and then you can also play in the, the Escalation as well. And this is all kind of combining for an overall theme of Battletech eras. So we're playing in a whole bunch of different eras. You get to play out, you know, you get to bring out all those minis that you purchased over the years. You got suckered into because you're like, oh, that looks awesome in metal or something. So you never get to play it. You get to play it at this event. So we're excited. And we keep having people adding on. You know, I keep, I think I got like three emails of people that bought tickets today and uh, we keep uh, adding in communities that are having players come. So we will probably have some sort of like 
whose community shows up best at LVO type prize or something. So get a bunch of your buddies from your local area and, and come on out. It should be a lot of fun. And if you have any questions, just check out uh, check out our info on the Discord. Don't sit down yet, Matt. Worldwide event. <laughs> yeah, worldwide worldwide event. Um, I can talk more. Uh, so worldwide event is occurring from the end of October to the end of the year, I believe. And in our local area, Jeremy is running this at least one time at Wizard's Chest in Denver. And this is, uh, so that as far as I understand it, they used to do this every year, and it kind of got nixed by COVID and some other things. And this is the first time that they've tried to do it again. But basically what it is is a, is a set of scenarios. And in this one, you actually don't even pick your forces. The, the demo agent will bring it out, and they'll have the forces and everything. So all you do is show up. You play the scenarios, whether they be classic Battletech or whether they be Alpha Strike. Then they take the results. The demo agent will take the results and they'll send them in. They'll com- compile them and be like, oh, you know, the Compelling Confederation actually won something this time. Or they'll come out and say, well, as usual, they didn't. Um, so it's kind of a worldwide thing, but Oof. it's only this limited to two months. I know, I know, thrown shade, but the, I mean, the, yeah, it's kind of easy for them. Uh, so it, it's it's kind of cool if you guys uh, have this happening in your area. Definitely go out and try it out. Should be fun, and you really don't have to do anything but show up and play. So have at it. And next up is Genghis Khan. Dave, what do you got there? All right. So if anybody listening wants an excuse to come out to Denver for a weekend, uh, February fifteenth through the eighteenth in twenty twenty four will be Genghis Khan, and. We are right now in the process of setting up all the Battletech events, but we look like to, that we're going to be having a pretty heavy presence on Saturday and Sunday. So Saturday, right now, we have a we're planning on a Alpha Strike 350, uh, playing the premier level rules, but not a premier level event. So you can come out, you can uh, bring your unpainted armies, bring your. Uh, we're going to allow 3D prints because it's not an official. WolfNet event. We want to include everybody, so come out, have fun. Uh, and then there will also be some campaign in a day, I believe, some open play tables, and we're still working out the schedules for all of those. So stay tuned. I'll talk about it more as we get closer to the event and we start getting uh, events lock- locked in. But Genghis Khan is one of two cons that are held here in Denver, the other being Tacticon, which we have been building a a pretty good Battletech presence. It's not nearly the size of LVO, but uh, I think in Battletech games that will be available for folks to be played, we might actually surpass what's available at LVO. So uh, if you're, like I said, looking for an excuse to come out to Denver for a weekend, um, check out Genghis Khan. Uh, the Valhalla Club will be uh, sponsoring-ish the uh, the Alpha Strike game. I'll be running it. And uh, the Colorado Battletech community will be, uh, folks from the Colorado Battletech community will be hosting and playing the other games that will be available. So the cool thing about uh, Genghis Khan, which you don't see at a lot of other cons, is that you buy the badge to the to the event and the games are actually free. So you buy your badge, then you sign up for what games you want to play. So there's no extra charge on top of the badge for the games that you want to play. So maybe that'll sway you to come to Genghis Khan. Spend that money on some uh, hotel rooms. 
in a flight, maybe. Come on out. All right, that's upcoming action. And last but not least, shout outs. Mike, who you got? All right, for me, I've got the whole MechWarrior Online crew. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, we restarted this about a month-ish ago. We've prompted multiple people now to either re-download the game or at least download uh, five-plus patches, Charles, uh, for the game. <laughs> so uh, the MWO crew as a whole, I'm talking uh, Derek and Chandler from On the Origins, uh, Charles from Wolfnet, Seth White Fox from Mercenary Star, Aaron and Brent from uh, Of Mechs and Men, and then for everyone else that are friends of the Discord, uh, we've got Jedi Bob, Break Time Phil, Kirby the Foul, Morgoth, Lefty Red, General Jan, and then from our own crew, Matt, and whenever he decides to show the fuck up, Dave. Uh, so <laughs> that, is, that is, uh, you, you lost the, the team event, my guy. Um, the, so that's the MechWare Online crew. We've been having a lot of fun. Let it, let's grow that number up. Let's fill out a private lobby. Like we can fit a full 12 on 12 in a private lobby. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I've been streaming it in preparation for the charity event. If you want to follow the channel, it's Ragnar Odinson underscore TVC. Uh, so give the channel a follow. Once we hit 50 followers, we get some quality of life improvements um or at least i do as the streamer right so that i can try and incorporate some built-in charity donation features instead of having to use like a million third-party assets which just makes it a hell of a lot easier so if you want to help out go give the twitch channel a follow i don't even care if you actually use it or not um, literally just getting to 50 will help us out so much for <laughs> the uh, for the actual charity stream by getting those extra features unlocked. Uh, so that would be awesome. Uh, but uh, yeah, that does it for me. The uh, MechWarrior Online crew, we've been having a fucking blasty blast. Come hang out with us on the Discord and join us in the game because it's fucking fun. Matt, what do you have for shout outs, buddy? Yeah, I'm going to shout out uh, Master Mike here uh, for leading the masterclass that is our bumbling bros of MechWarrior Online Friday. I was going to say, bro, I suck. <laughs> I suck even worse, but I do have an enjoyable time. Friday nights become a little bit more fun uh, when you're on, uh, even, even sans alcohol. Uh, but uh, it's been great, and I'm, I'm glad that Mike's kind of pushed us to do it because uh, it's gotten people together, and we have a good time, get to know other people. Also, for our listeners, I don't know if anyone cares at all, but I am personally sorry for being a little slow on the Scenario Showcase, and that first episode will go up right before this comes out or right after, whatever Mike decides, because, again, he's Mike the Magic Man, so it'll be up to him. Why, why did we land got. on Magic Mike? Like I'm, I'm not because it's, it's just which one of you started this? I don't, I don't even was, remember anymore, mean. and I'm just like I mean, <laughs> it upsets you. So I'll claim I'll claim credit. <laughs> <laughs> I know oh, I find another M word saying hey. you do you do some magic with, with stuff. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Matt, the Matt did you finish picking out your your music and whatnot from it, Epidemic it'll Sounds? Everything it'll be awesomeness that I send to you with with the the clips. <laughs> He's like, I'm still lost in the Epidemic Sounds abyss. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have no idea. You have no idea. It'll be good. Sorry, everyone. And yeah, we all love Mike. There you go. Magic we'll Mike get there when we get there. Dave, shout outs. Uh, my shout out is actually for the guys over at uh, 
of Mechs and Men. You guys do a great job. I love listening to your podcast and keep up the good work. That is all. Fair enough. Um, my shout out will go out to our sponsor, Aries Games and Minis, um, for another super fast, timely order for me. Thank Derek you King Thank is you, Derek. the king. Like he is. Awesome. His last name is literally perfection. He, I was about to Derek say, was king that a pun? Is the king. Literally. He is literally the king. Literally. All right. Um, new Patreon announcement. Okie dokie. So, as some may have noticed, those that are already in um, the podcast server, um, we have, within the last week, launched a Patreon for the podcast itself. We're looking for support from our listeners as a community because, unfortunately, um, producing this show and this content for you all isn't free. As much as I'd love it to be, <laughs> it's it's not. Um, but if you want to help support us and maybe offset some of those costs, uh, that would be extremely appreciated. It is like literally like patreon.com slash the Valhalla Club. Maybe at some point we'll figure out like exclusives for tiers. I don't know. This is This is in its infancy and we're figuring it out. There's currently only one tier option, and it is your regular bar tab for $5 a month. But thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. I know we all do. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the new Patreon announcement. That sounds like last call. <laughs> last, call. Last, call. last call. Someone needs to write up John. Yep. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Thanks for joining us today in the Valhalla Club. If you'd like to hang out with us and many other Battletech podcasters, then be sure to join our Discord. Link is in the description. Special thanks to our sponsor, Ares Games and Miniatures. Ares is the premier online retailer for all your Battletech needs. If you would like to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the Valhalla Club. If you have any comments, please feel free to send an email to the Valhalla Club at outlook.com. Until next time, mech fans. I don't know if we want to put John on that much of a blast. Oh, we're totally doing it. Oh, I had it in there too. So. <laughs> on tonight's episode of The Valhalla Club, Mike gets passionate about MWO. John, scratch that. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> fuck. On tonight's episode of MWO, fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
On tonight's episode of the Valhalla Club, Mike gets passionate about MWO, Matt gets nostalgic about old video games, Ben bartends, I prove that I play way too many hours of video games, and John bails on the podcast. Mike, I need you to I need you to take what I'm about to say next and add it in at the end of the video game segment. Uh, let me find the. Oh, this is going to be so much cutting. This is going to be the most work yet. Sorry, I forgot <laughs> about it. Mike, I posted the the link to the sounds for you. I love you so much. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah, this is going to be a cut fuck fest. Um. Have fun. <laughs> Good night, um, old men. Hey. Got you later. <laughs> Mike. What's up? Uh. So <laughs> hold on. I gotta nuke new, new kind of the microwave. The background. Yeah, I gotta wait for the microwave. Hold on. <laughs> oh man. Say good night, nerds. Good night, nerds. Good night, nerd. <laughs> good night, nerd. <laughs>